The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you a CEO or ready to become one? Have we got an hour for you. Welcome to CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. We're ready to set you up for success. Your reputation with shareholders and clients is important, but standing apart from your competitors is also essential to your success. We'll help you do both. Now, here is your host, Pam Lassiter. Welcome to the CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. I'm your host, Pam Lassiter, and I'm so glad you're with us today in the go-to place for honing the right skills to become a CEO and to stay there as a strategic competitive leader. You can email me at info at ceoacademywithpam.com, connect with me on Facebook at facebook.com slash Lassiter Consulting, or follow me on Twitter or LinkedIn at Pam Lassiter. Our guest today, who has honed the right skills to advise CEOs in salary negotiations, is Tom Wilson from the Wilson Group in Concord, Massachusetts, a consulting firm that specializes in designing and implementing performance-based reward systems for organizations nationally. He works with numerous boards and top executives to assess the competitiveness and effectiveness of total direct compensation plans, is an author and the CEO of his own company. Tom, thank you for coming to start off with. I was puzzled when I was putting all this together. You're both CEO of your own company and you coach people in compensation. Mm -hmm. Which side of the table do you sit on for your own (laughs) salary? I sit on the table. On the (laughs) table. That's great. In the middle. (laughs) In the middle. On the one hand and then on the other hand. I like this. That's what you do. Well, I hope you always get your own way, whatever (laughs) it may be. It's tough. That owner is the one that really bothers you. The owner. Always gets in the way. Always gets in the way. I just wanted to warn you as you're listening, if we use some abbreviations, call me on it, comp you will hear that we use constantly as short for compensation, and there may be some other terms, too, that we'll try to catch each other as we go. Make sure you find Tom on the Wilson Group, no, not the, just Mm -hmm. wilsongroup.com. On Facebook, he'll be at Wilson Group, Inc., and LinkedIn, Tom Wilson, and Twitter as T. Wilson. I wanted to say Twitter is Twilson or like T-Witter is T-Wilson. <laughs> or we can make you a rock star. Too. There you go. Okay, we're going to be discussing a tough question today, which is what are you worth as CEO? Thanks for being our resident expert on a tough question, Tom. I want to take a step back for a minute and ask when you were a little kid, when somebody said, what do you want to do when you grow up? Did you used to answer, I want to be a comp consultant? <laughs> Absolutely not. not. I wanted to be a lawyer. A lawyer? Know, did and you go really? into politics. Oh, this was, is kind of close to both, so actually. Close. <laughs> okay, so how'd you get into comp consulting? Well, it's interesting. I uh, had been, my both my education had been a lot more in sort of strategy, organization design, organizational development, things of that nature. And realizing as you were getting into that field, as I was beginning my career, that that level, that that kind of business would would go up and down all the time based on the moves of the market. Mm -hmm. But compensation was an area that people kind of like shoes, you know, yet Mm -hmm. everybody needs them and and no one's satisfied. So you want to find a way to get yourself into a market niche where nobody's satisfied with the current state and everybody needs it. This is a career decision. It's what we call an evergreen. It was. The need is always there. And it's been a fun ride and and it's continued to be a a great joy and a great pleasure to to deal with the the issues because, you know, it's a lot more than how much people are paid. Mm -hmm. Often find it's how people played is actually more important. Uh, I mean, yeah. how much is always important, but how is actually more important? It's the value piece. It's the culture piece that exactly. I want to get to later exactly. on to exactly. drive everything. Yeah. So it's kept you engaged and it keeps changing it keeps all changing. the time. Yeah, too. What's cool is that you're comfortable with the quantitative and the legal. Mm-hmm. See, mm-hmm. all those mm-hmm. early interests came yeah. back yeah. around again, too. I want to tell you as you're listening why I chose this subject for CEO Academy about compensation. 
money's often a touchy subject. And I was going through all the research on compensation. It hit me that you, as CEO, don't have clear-cut advisors for your own negotiations with a company. You don't have a union. The board is supposed to be independent. And it isn't a conversation you'd want to be having with your executive team. You could hire your own advisor, but you're going to get strategies today that you can sock away for the long term to help you make both ethical and financially sound decisions. So let's plunge in. Tom, would you paint the big picture for us if you would? What comes first, the chicken or the egg? In other words, the incoming CEO or the compensation strategy and plan? You know, it's a great question, and of course, every situation is unique and different. For CEOs coming in, the perspective is to really understand what that business is trying to communicate with you, what kind of relationship do they have for you, what do they really mean by the kind of plans they put together, both in the how and the how much. And for the organization, it's what kind of person do you want to hire, what kind of organization. orientation, what kind of philosophy. I love your expression. It's a lot about ethics. So what kind of ethics are they looking for from the person that they're trying to hire as a board? And then as an individual, what are they asking me to do? And is that consistent with what I want to do? There's so much that is communicated sort of between the lines Mm -hmm. that one needs to interpret that. that That's what we hope we'll get to cover today, what some of the things are that that occur between the Excuse me, between the lines. Yeah, between. Do you think sometimes com- <clears throat> companies and boards don't aren't even conscious of what they're communicating to? I, that's absolutely true. If they because they think it's easy, easier to talk about money. Yeah, it's easier to talk about numbers, dollars, shares, mm-hmm. you know, whatever bonus targets or anything like that. It's much more difficult to talk about the philosophy and the um, what are the guiding principles that underlie the plan. But yeah. that's really where the action is. Or they may never have even started there thinking about right. the principles. They're built off of history or just right. what evolved right. over time and right. got tweaked. Right. And uh, your early, what did you just say earlier? It's not how much, it's how. It's how. Yeah, that's yeah. what your, how you structure and think about things. So there's a lot of big picture thinking that not only you as CEO should do about yourself and your own values, but should listen for that the company may be saying without even realizing it. Mm-hmm. And you have a lot to learn because you might be living with these people for the long term, mm-hmm. too. To, there was a comment I wrote uh, uh, or I read about compensation policy shapes how top executives behave mm-hmm. and the kind of execs that an organization attracts. Mm-hmm. That's right. Is that That's true? Right. That's really true. I mean, think of it, for example, um, if you're starting a business, you got to, you, you know, it's a, it's, you're, you're brought in perhaps to replace a CT, a technologist mm-hmm. um, who's, mm-hmm. who's had the great idea, put together a gang and they're this is doing a this thing. Profile. It's a startup. Yeah. And now they're really, they need, they need to hire adult supervision, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're really looking for somebody with seasoning, with experience, who has, brings wisdom, who brings some, but brings energy and brings yeah. creativity and brings support and all mm-hmm. that that's a different kind of deal than somebody who's for example being brought into a turnaround situations where mm-hmm. you've got a family business oh. and, and it's in trouble mm-hmm. and the you know the families that own it or the shareholders or the trust that own it are concerned about the people that are coming in they want somebody to turn this place around for the for the good of the families that's yeah. going to lift over the people who are coming up in the business you know it's a different kind of Gig and profile of person. So kind of profile of person you'll need. That does define the kind of executives that an organization attracts. So when you're considering companies, Mm -hmm. it's thinking about why do they want somebody for this role? What's the driving Mm -hmm. need behind it? And am I the type of personality that would be comfortable with why I'm being recruited too? Okay, now that's the big picture, and there's a lot Mm -hmm. more. We could Mm -hmm. spend a whole show on the big picture and the values behind it alone. But today we're going to get into four main categories of compensation and drill down a little bit. So Tom's just going to tell you big picture, and then we're going to start drilling. So what is the big picture that we're how are we headed? Tom? Well, I think a good way to think about this is the sort of four quadrants. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are two quadrants that relate to what I'll call foundation elements. It's mm-hmm. basically 
it's guaranteed, it's secured, you don't think about it. Salaries fit that, base salaries, benefits fall into that. You, know, you set up a program for the CEO, for the executives, or for the organization, and they exist. There are those that are performance oriented. So you talk short-term incentives be another bucket and long-term incentives or equity or things of that nature. The reason that, that I call those and group those together is because those both relate so the amount that gets one receives is related to performance mm-hmm. of a company or, or whatever, where the salary and the benefits are more, you know, they're they're more static, if mm-hmm. you will, and they're but they're foundational because lots of times bonuses are based on as a percentage of the salary. Yeah. Right. And the amount of <clears throat> long-term incentives you might have might be offset by some form of other retirement plans you have. So there's some trade-offs that occur in both. So I think of those as four quadrants mm-hmm. because each one of them is unique for its own purpose mm-hmm. and has certain design principles. And yet they need to hold together in total. And they really hold together through a basic philosophy of what you want and how you want people to be paid. So you're going to, all four of those interact with each other. Exactly. As you're thinking through this, I hope when you're listening, you're as excited about this as I am, because this will give you a whole structure and way Mm -hmm. of thinking about your compensation that you may not have used to approach it before. And this is a very sophisticated system that Tom's making simple. So I'm getting something out of this, too. Thank you. Why don't we start with the base pay and the salary and talk Mm -hmm. about that and what your thoughts are? Well, base salary, if you think about it, it's... Um, it's the secured level of pay. That's what you get every two weeks, every month, or, or whatever. Um, it's something that doesn't really change over time, and it you know it'll, it I may increase three mm-hmm. percent or whatever. So it's something you don't really pay much attention to. So what the salary is indicative of is almost the stage of development of a business. So you talk about startups. You know you have a base salary for the CEO who's you basically want to get um, what they can live on. What's the minimum amount you can live on? And the other thing is you think about it is you want it high enough that that they don't have to do weird things in order to meet living standards. In other words, you don't have to sell the wrong things or, oh, okay, or manipulate gotcha. or engage mm-hmm. in some activities you don't want. So you want a base salary sort of high enough to get, you know, take care of the Maslow hierarchy, basic mm-hmm. level needs. Other environments, um, Base salary is kind of a reflection of, of the mix. For example, if you have the company is undergoing a level of change and there's not likely to be much in terms of actual incentives. So we want to look here at what you need to do for supervised level of security. So base salary, if you will, is a you know, go back to the state, is a foundation element. And once that's sort of done, you need, you need to talk about what it has to do to improve it. Okay. You know, what I would like to do is... I've uh, spent a little bit of time, and we're coming to a break, so it literally has to be uh, a little bit of time, it, on um, mid-stays to larger, because mm-hmm. they're going to right. have different thinking than the startup. Right, right, exactly. So exactly. what's the right number to ask for, How do you, or how do you figure <laughs> out the right number? Uh, that's a hard one. The, there's there's lots of sources one could get in terms of look at proxies of the previous company, look mm-hmm. at similar proxies. That's publicly available data. Yeah. You know, I don't necessarily, you know, great subscriber to these surveys where people put their own data in. Lots of times you'll have to be, uh, what do you need and what's fair? And that's all part of the negotiations. It'll be clear for a new company pretty well. Uh, and the question becomes, if you're hiring a lot of people into your business and you're they're all of a sudden being paid salaries that are higher or as high as yours, there's not much of a gap. Mm-hmm. Maybe the CEO is underpaid in terms of his peer. Now, of the people who work yeah. for him, if they're coming in new, then it's, it's, it's a different kind of situation. But you shouldn't make more than the CEO as a rule unless you are the CEO. <laughs> well, well so. there are situations where you, you can. <laughs> you but could, the, sales you, you for know, sure. If you got a lot of other income, other sources, but yeah. But it's a slippery slope to set up. But often companies will look at comparables by industry mm-hmm. and by regional markets right. Right. And then within the laws, too. But we're going to go on to break in just a second, and what I'm going to do is post on my LinkedIn page, which is Pam Lasseter, the article of mine on how to know your market value. It will also have a link on it that uh, Tom was referring to about the compensation of the top officers of publicly held companies, the Edgar database that the government publishes. Right. So right. that is invaluable research if you're in a larger company to give you a feeling of the salaries that are around you and uh, how far you can push 
uh, in the parameters, plus ways to think about from your market and the people surrounding you what you may be worth. So take a look at that during break if you can. Okay, see you in three minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Lassiter Consulting works privately with senior-level professionals who want a trusted advisor to co-create paths to reach the career outcomes you seek. You can improve your work success in your current company, choose them for outplacement or career change, or explore retirement. Lassiter also works with corporations that are going through change. You may be discreetly transitioning a senior executive out of the company or growing yourself for increased productivity. Put Lassiter Consulting to work for you today. Visit LassiterConsulting.com. Pam Lassiter has written The New Job Security, which details the five best strategies for taking control of your career. It's a Wall Street Journal Award winner. Take control of your career by learning how to use target markets and their challenges to your advantage. The book will dramatically change your resume, your communications, and your financial results. You can find the book on Amazon, including Kindle, or by visiting LassiterConsulting.com. That's LassiterConsulting.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. To reach the show, send an email with questions or comments to info at ceoacademywithpam.com. That's info at ceoacademywithpam.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back from the break. Hope you found my LinkedIn article on how to know your market value and the link to the database with top CEOs' compensations. We're talking to Tom Wilson of the Wilson Group about what are you worth as CEO and are going into the second category of compensation after base salary, your short-term or annual incentives. Tom, what falls within short-term or annual incentives? It's, it's usually just a, the, the bonus is, and frequently it's paid either on a quarterly basis if certain changes certain environments or an annual bonus plan. The, those kinds of plans, if you think about it, are based on what I'll call the, the P&L. You know, it's based on how the company does financially, revenues and in profitability in some level. So it's basically the financial structures of the business. Uh, more sophisticated models actually look at other elements of, comp- of their strategy. So, for example, of a client that's expanding to look at, um, at what's the mix of new customers versus existing customers in terms of revenues. Mm-hmm. Other people look at customer satisfaction. Some organizations look at employee engagement as, as any indicating uh, into, as part of the bonus plan. But it's the metrics that define the priorities of the business mm-hmm. that then determines um, how, how much one gets of their target or of their income. That gets back to your how, the cultural setting exactly. of the compensation, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, and, and, a, and to kind of a bridge from the base salary, there's, I have a client, He was it's about a $80, $100 million business, and the right compensation number was about $500,000, let's say, mm-hmm. for purposes mm-hmm. of this deal. The CEO was making, a, had a $120,000 base salary, mm-hmm. and a three hundred and fifty dollars or $400,000 bonus, basically paid a percentage of the profits. Let's think about that for a second. So he was based on paying, uh, basically paid on a monthly basis, mm-hmm. a cut of the profits, which on surface sounds like a good idea, except this was a manufacturing company that needed lots of investments in his business. Yeah, so and it wasn't tax-wise either. It, uh, no, it wasn't, it, you know, and from a tax point of view, but also if you think about what was encouraging for him to, to put at risk his uh, family's income in mm-hmm. order to make an investment on a piece of property, Profits. a piece of equipment, Yeah, you know, if, it, if it's not going to turn a rate of return within mm-hmm. a matter of a few months, then why do it? So you're, the company was undermining itself in terms of what it needed. With the compensation to, structure. Compensation. Yeah. yeah. So we basically set it up so that we shifted this, the guy got a, 
humongous increase in base salary. And his bonus went down dramatically because his total cash didn't change. But it worked out well for both sides. Exactly. Because he actually now is able to have a different kind of compensation on his bonuses. Mm -hmm. They've now looked at revenues. They looked at profitability of the business, which was the weighted. But could look at some other issues of productivity and what they were trying to do in terms of engaging with new products and some new customers and and start to really reflect the full job of what the CEO had. And, And that's really, if there's a trend, companies have uh, moved their bonus plans away from strictly profit or strictly revenues and profit to look at other strategic uh, priorities for a given year. Which is a sophisticated taking apart of structure and what's happening, too. Mm -hmm. You were talking about boards and how the board decided whatever. Are CEOs typically negotiating with their boards on their compensation? Because mm-hmm. smaller companies, you know, when you look at the range of size of companies, right. some will have a formal uh, right. compensation committee on the board with the chair, and some will just be, I'm a family-owned business. Right. So if you are a family-owned business, part of the issues is the other family members. Who, are, in fact, are you negotiating? Mm-hmm. If you're a part owner, you're part of the family who are you negotiating? Mm-hmm. If anything, it calls upon those people to have higher levels of integrity Ooh. that are, that's in, comes from inside mm-hmm. as opposed to integrity because I have a boss, mm-hmm. you know, has to be the chairman of the board or the representative of the families or, you know, an external board. Just where I think a lot of private companies have starting to bring in outside advisors and outside board members. Yeah. And that and the role of those people is to bring some, once again, adult supervision, some sanity, mm-hmm. some some leveling Objective. of the playing field. Mm-hmm. Object, objectivity, exactly. And somebody for the CEO to talk to, to mm-hmm. make sure that in fact the plan is structured, that's right. But frequently CEOs have a high degree of influence on their board because the boards want to retain this person. They want them to be happy. They want them mm-hmm. to not think about and worry about it. They want them to focus on, on the business on the business and growing it and getting the right people in place and doing those kinds of things and not think about their own sort of compensation. So the sources of, of angst is mm-hmm. usually because of something out of kilter. And this is where a third party can sometimes just sort of can cut through it. When it gets emotional, that's the time to get something, some metrics or objectivity in. Is it's just going to spiral downwards? Exactly. Otherwise, you've seen that a lot. I bet. Exactly. Yeah. Talk to me about pay for performance mm-hmm, and what mm-hmm. that would belong in this right. category. This really, short term. I mean, they, people talk about salaries of pay for performance. But reality is, would you define it? Okay. Well, I would say pay for performance really is. It's really clear because you ha- you associate what level you earn mm-hmm. with what you did, mm-hmm. and in the, it's the we often look at the difference between what and how. Mm-hmm. The what frequently is the outcomes you're looking for the goals that are achieved, the uh, milestones that are met, and those are the how, the, are the what is important. And usually we'll see incentive plans associated with that, or bonus plans, whatever. A base salary is how you got there. Mm-hmm. And so lots of times you could get there, but you burned a whole bunch of places to get there. So you could oh, say okay. you're fired, you mm-hmm. accomplished the goals, but you're mm-hmm. fired because you've left a wasteland of our company. Mm-hmm. Or you could, in fact, get there and build a company. Mm-hmm. And so the issue becomes what and how, and those often have a very interesting dy- dynamics to them. But bonus plans, incentive plans um, are really need to focus on outcomes, need to focus on what the business is trying to do in terms of its both current and future needs to for, for its business. And that's not a simple conversation. No, it gets not. back to the how again, because it yeah. could be defined by profitability or growing the business or operational efficiency mm-hmm. or preserving capital, all right. sorts of all different kind of drivers. Of so yeah. those yeah. are in-depth conversations. Yeah. And sometimes we'll see, you know, CEOs will, will get a bonus uh, in a startup or early stage company when they need to, you know, get some funding, for example. You'll huh. get a, okay. you'll get, you know, $50,000 if you can acquire mm-hmm. $5 million of funding or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you'll see things that are associated at, at a more transactional level. But Mostly, most of the times is built on accomplishing some relatively important goals. And there's usually, I think the important part is, it's not to have a single goal. Mm-hmm. It's not a binary, yes or no. Mm-hmm. It's really a range of goals. It's, That's where you see threshold, target, exceptional. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, you'll see that you'll see the range of goals occurring. And, and so because the issue is that uh, you can look at threshold, which is a minimum level of acceptable performance mm-hmm. targets where you want to get to. So if you're above the threshold, but you're not at target, you focus on target. But if you're at the target, now you start looking at beyond that. Yeah. A lot of companies will fail uh, their plans because they don't add the other above above performance above. Uh, because they don't know how to establish what those numbers are. So getting beyond when you're setting your own metrics right. uh, with the board on your compensation, you should not only get beyond the target, but maybe you need to quantify or get some metrics around midway. Exactly. And sort of what are the what's a what's a what's a acceptable level of performance? And it could be what we did last year or. Mm-hmm. or you know, 80% or 90% of what we did last year, uh, because there are things that happen on each business. But you you want that to be there that sort of protects the company, mm-hmm. because if you don't want to get there, I love you, but you're not going to get a bonus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, uh, but what you want to get people to do is to focus on the target and then beyond. So you see a range of a lot of research, a lot of behavioral economics talks about the value of having a range of goals as mm-hmm. opposed to a single I'll call it binary goal in terms of motivating and galvanizing individuals as well as um, as companies to achieve greatness. And it gives you that positive reinforcement, if hopefully monetary, as well as pat on the back as you're going too. I want to take this segment to talk about something that's been bothering a lot of people. There's been a lot of blame going around about bonuses contributing to the last major recession. Mm What's the balance to ensure that incentive awards, which this is the category, this right. these all these it performance is. bonuses, that don't stimulate and encourage risky decisions? Is there right. some rule of thumb? There is a, a a lot of study right now on that, and it's hard to to have a blanket description because it very much depends upon the industry you're in mm-hmm. and the kind of environment regulatory or otherwise you're involved in and the kind of ranges that you have. But it's, it is interesting to sort of say, what would it take for somebody to do some inappropriate behaviors in order to get the bonus? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, I talked earlier about this balance between a salary versus yeah. incentive. If you could, if, if there is a distortion, mm-hmm. um, first of all, you could have people who are just driven by money. Regardless. Regardless. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they don't really care that mm-hmm. the, the the end justifies the means, yeah. all that kind of thinking. Yeah. And they're driven, if you will, by the dollars. And in some industries, that's the kind of characters you want. Mm-hmm. If they're paid, you have to have safeguards around it so they don't screw things up. But in balance for most kind of businesses is you want enough of a base to, to incentive mix that really says somebody, I, I know what I'm going to need to do. And I can begin to looking at some of the longer term things as well that goes back to what we're trying to accomplish. So we build on an assumption of, of integrity. But, you know, like Reagan said, you know, trust but verify. So you have to be very clear what the metrics are and know that the numbers are right and they're not cooked and they're not wherever not else. Verify. And, you know, and there are clawbacks provisions built in. So if you, you know, lie, cheat, or steal, they'll, they'll get back to you. So That's what the clawbacks mean is you can go exactly back and right. reclaim it later exactly on. Right. Too. Exactly right. You have set us up perfectly for our next segment, mm-hmm. too, which we're going to be going into in just a minute. But that's something that's been bothering me. So it really ties yes. into the long-term incentives, yeah. Yeah. too, exactly. to how yeah. you keep people. Uh, we can't keep people ethical, but we can make it in their best interest to be exactly. ethical, right? <laughs> exactly. exactly. And that's where that's why I see all the quadrants, because the value of a short-term incentive versus long-term incentives, the short-term is how we do it like on our P&L, mm-hmm. but the long-term is about the value of the enterprise. Okay. It's our balance sheet. That's perfect. So we're going to be talking about that next, where you can make the real money mm-hmm. <laughs> with your compensation or not. Mm-hmm. depending on the company, right? And we're talking to Tom Wilson on the other side. See you in three minutes. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Lassiter Consulting works privately with senior-level professionals who want a trusted advisor to co-create paths to reach the career outcomes you seek. You can improve your work success in your current company, choose them for outplacement or career change, or explore retirement. Lassiter also works with corporations that are going through change. You may be discreetly transitioning a senior executive out of the company or growing yourself for increased productivity. Put Lassiter Consulting to work for you today. 
visit LassiterConsulting.com. Pam Lassiter has written The New Job Security, which details the five best strategies for taking control of your career. It's a Wall Street Journal Award winner. Take control of your career by learning how to use target markets and their challenges to your advantage. The book will dramatically change your resume, your communications, and your financial results. You can find the book on Amazon, including Kindle, or by visiting LassiterConsulting.com. That's LassiterConsulting.com. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. To reach the show, send an email with questions or comments to info at ceoacademywithpam.com. That's info at ceoacademywithpam.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back from our break. We're talking with Tom Wilson of the Wilson Group about what are you worth as CEO? Tom, we're getting to the third type of compensation now, talking about what is truly the big enchilada. Tell us about this category we're looking at now. Well, let me uh, offer this way. I was asked by a client of mine. They said, we're hiring a CEO. How should we pay our executive or this CEO on the long for the long-term incentive? That's what this section's about, long-term incentive. So, not, so hang on. We knew what his salary is going to be. We got his bonus. But we want to know how should we pay in the long-term incentive. So I ask a simple question. Who is this guy or gal? Is this person a hired gun or is this person an adopted son or daughter? And how you answer that question, well, I'll tell you then how to design the long-term incentive plan. Perfect. So how do you decide? So so if it's, it's a hired gun, what that means is that the board is looking for the CEO to take this company from point A to point B. They're looking for creating it, whether it be a revenue growth, turnaround, whatever it might be. You want it to become a profitable business, but they have no intention in sharing any ownership because they want you to be, you're the hired gun. And when you're done accomplishing your goal, three Mm -hmm. years, five years, whatever, we'll just, we'll say thank you very much, shake hands and send you on your way. It could be somebody coming up, whatever. That's Mm -hmm. a hired gun. So those kinds of plans are cash. Okay. So you don't want to share any equity. You don't want to entangle them in any ways. You want to <laughs> you basically don't want to live say, with them. <laughs> it's a cash and carry deal. Yeah. You know, yeah. you accomplish these goals, you'll get a million dollars, get $10 million, get yeah. $10, whatever yeah. it might be. It's all really related to the sort, the value of what the person has, has created, uh, with the value of what they have created in terms of value. Uh, but once again, it's done. Adopted son or daughter is you're bringing them into the family. You're mm-hmm. actually sharing ownership. You want them to act and think like an owner, which means that I think about the long-term interest of the company. I think about its values. I think about the kind of organization we're creating, the culture. Mm-hmm. We're thinking about our responsibilities to the community, to our suppliers, to our customers, all of those things. Mm-hmm. It's balance sheet. Okay. The balance sheet shows in some ways, and financially, trans- what the what the what is the value of this enterprise. So mm-hmm. if somebody's going to be looking to acquire that business, mm-hmm. they're going to look sure what your profits were, but they're going to look at what your balance sheet is, what your debt looks like, what your equity looks like, and all that. So a long-term incentive that is tied into the value of the enterprise ought to be some form of stock or some form of equity. And I look at it, there's sort of a, a, a range of these things, everything from a, a you know, I promise you this to a stock option, restricted stock, phantom share type of plans. There's a whole host of these things available as vehicles. But the important part is to first figure out what's the purpose of the plan. And it goes back to one of the things I said at the very beginning. It's a lot about the philosophy you have around compensation and how you think of the value of long-term incentives. And when you're talking about the adopted son or daughter, mm-hmm. that isn't – it's a metaphor. That could work with a publicly held company mm-hmm. as well as a startup. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, publicly held companies use a lot of stock. 
Oh, yeah. The issue there is, do they use restricted stock or do they use stock options? I mean, the trend is clearly away from stock options mm-hmm. into restricted stock or full value kind of shares. And part of the reason is that they can to get the same amount of dollars, you can use it with fewer number of shares if you use a full value share versus a stock option. Because stock option is only being paid on the gain. You know, so I gave it to you at $10. If it's worth 30 in the in the future, you get a $20 gain out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, if I gave you a restricted shock, you know, it's, it's from dollar one to $30. So I don't need to give you as many units. Restricted, yeah. One restricted stock. So it has more immediate value. And because uh, the they, uh, coming out of the recession in 2008, 2009, mm-hmm. companies just really shifted dramatically over to restricted stock. It's the reason that boards um, have restricted stock because you don't want them to collude with management in trying to drive the business. Oh, thank you. I didn't oh, realize you that. Yeah. You that. <laughs> uh, Anti-collusion. They, they, they get paid a retainer and they may get some form of equity, but it's usually there are lots of restrictions around it because you don't want you want them to, to retain their objectivity and think about the long-term mm-hmm. business. Um, and they don't want to create short-term incentives for boards. And for a CEO, you're kind of an interesting point because you're both the leader of the company and you're also sort of mm-hmm. an owner of the company. And you are you have to manage what I have to accomplish, you know, on a quarterly basis, mm-hmm. but also what I want to accomplish to build for the future. Uh, so long-term incentives are, you know, sometimes we'll see them equally about what the bonus is in terms of value on an annual basis. So if somebody gets a, you know, $200,000 in a bonus, they'll get $200,000 in equity. It's not exactly true, but it's, I mean, some publicly traded, you'll get 10 times that. But, um, you know, it's, once again, your your sources, you were talking about earlier about um, that for publicly traded companies. Mm-hmm. What's interesting, in private companies uh, are looking what public, public companies oh, are good. doing. That's good. Be, to governance. For governance, but also mm-hmm. in terms of like my market for talent mm-hmm. is going to have to be pulling people out of public companies. So I need to know what the deal is and be able mm-hmm. to offer something to to them in my private company that would be attractive to an individual. That's happened with a lot of my clients that have their shares vested over time mm-hmm. in considering leaving a company that the company they're going to will sometimes buy them out. Exactly. But exactly. it's often it's, it's, expensive. It's a great retention device. And mm-hmm. once again, how those plans are structured. People do, there's a thing called hyperbolic discounting. And hyperbolic it, it, discounting. That's a quarter know. word. <laughs> Throw that into your next negotiation. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, and what it basically says is that farther that you put something out there in, in the future, and the more contingencies you put before you can actually earn the dollar, mm-hmm. earn it, the bigger the dollar needs to be in order to influence what you think of today. Mm-hmm. Because what happens the individual does is they discount it. Yeah. So if I said, I'll give you $1,000 for showing up here next week, mm-hmm. but I could also, if I, for you to show up five years from now, I can't give you $1,000, you wouldn't pay any attention to it. Mm-hmm. So if I say I'll give you a million dollars if you show up a year from now. You'll pay attention. You'll pay attention mm-hmm. to that. Okay, so that's hyperbolic. And so what people discount. do, is they, but they will look at that number and they will discount it. Mm-hmm. And, and the, that, the point being is that whenever you offer a big number, people will not will not dis, they will discount it. And so there's this interplay that goes in between how much it's related to how much people discount it based on all the various contingencies and the time horizon. And the time horizon. No guarantees on the value no of the stock. Yeah, yeah. And, and I may not like you anymore. I mean, yeah. you may not like me anymore. Yeah. All those are variables that it's go into equation. How does the CEO, when they're negotiating, know mm-hmm. the right amount of shares to right. ask for? I get that that's question a, constantly. That's a great question. And, you know, once again, I wish you could answer that. And it's, and it's dependent upon lots of times on stage of development. You tend to see in early stage companies. Um, you know, you'll see more equity at the front for early stage company versus larger ones, publicly mm-hmm. versus private. Uh, look for other resources that are uh, peer companies that are like them. What's been done in the past? Mm-hmm. But once again, I go back as earlier. If they're looking for you to be adopted, what you to be important, then, um, and they're looking for long term growth, then that le- you can leverage that in terms of what the number looks like. Uh, okay, so they. 
can negotiate that, mm-hmm. but they ought to have some grounds. Right. Number of outstanding shares or valuations. And, and, and the value and the projections. And to some extent, it's where, you know, restricted stock is easier to calculate than uh, stock options or phantom units or whatever else. Um, it, you know, a good a rule of thumb, it's sort of mid-sized companies may be, you know, looking at what the bonus is. You want that same, the same amount of dollars. But you'll see uh, CEOs will get one to three times their mm-hmm. salary mm-hmm. in a, a long-term incentive plan each year. One to three. Yeah, okay. and, a, and a, you know, CFO maybe get, you know, one times or 50% of his salary. So once again, it's tied off of, of some fixed number. Mm-hmm. That ten, uh, so salary could be the best. That's why getting, is it equally important for CEOs to get their salary base as high as possible when they're coming through the door as it is for other employees? Um, no, I don't think so. My part, my gut says no. My, mm-hmm. It's it, it's about not as high as possible because what that means is the board or owners mm-hmm. who you're talking to will then ratchet down your incentives. So you'd rather have the incentives, even though the proportion, the number of incentives you get could be based on your salary. Right, right. So it's an overall package. It's an overall package. Too. Okay. <laughs> okay. You know what? I I don't know if I get a kick out of it or I'm continually amazed by it, is the amount of pay that some top executives in the U.S. Mm-hmm. get. The CEO of Microsoft a couple of years ago had uh, $84 million in total pay, but nearly $80 million of that was in equity pay, in mm-hmm. stock. Mm-hmm. And what does that really incent a CEO to do? Is yeah. that much, those are just, I, there are too many zeros for my head to <laughs> Grasp is that really still an incentive for a CEO? No, no, of course not. You know, it's it's, uh, what happens is it is uh, how much uh, uh, everybody wants to be a billionaire. So it's just a power play. It's it's a a reflection of 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 how big I am relative to you. Yeah, literally worth not just financially, but how important I am. Money. I mean, so it's not built around that. It's it's a different set of economics go into play there. Yeah, the, the the whole excessive executive compensation is always there, and I think you know it's there. It exists. But you see it in, by the way, you see it in entertainment, you see it in sports, <laughs> sports yeah. you see it in a lot, of, a lot of places. You go, how could he make that or she make that much money yeah. doing what they're doing? Um, you know, and I think that's, but if you get into kind of comparing yourself to that, you're in a rat hole. You know, it's it's really not going to be a productive. Go back to say, what's the fundamentals of your business, what you're trying to do, it's economics, what do its owners want or shareholders want? What's their message? Is this, this going to be a play where you're ultimately going to an IPO or, you know, you want to take the company public or set it up for acquisitions? The interesting thing about acquisitions is that companies who put in more formal programs actually have greater market value hmm. than companies okay. that are the let's make a deal kind of yeah. thing. So they look more structured and like they're real business and more, here. And more professionals. Okay. Like they're professionally managed business, mm-hmm. which is why you want to consider all these points, as we've been talking about, in structure and plan, because it makes your business look better. And by the way, it makes it brings more integrity to the plans. And it makes the companies run better just in Doesn't general. Doesn't it, though? <laughs> because now, you're, now there's a lot of integrity and, and clarity about what it all means. Yeah. And there's a, the alignment with what you're trying to accomplish between both a strategy and a culture. Comp drives everything, all behaviors, doesn't it? Okay, we're going to go to our next break, but hmm, we had, this is our last section, and we, there's still so much to cover. I'm going to ask Tom what benefits are trending these days because we haven't gotten to benefits, and there'll be a couple that'll be leaders and the best way to think about them. Then we'll do our wrap. So, Tom, we'll talk to us in three okay. minutes. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Lassiter Consulting works privately with senior level professionals who want a trusted advisor to co-create paths to reach the career outcomes you seek. You can improve your work success in your current company, choose them for outplacement or career change, or explore retirement. Lassiter also works with corporations that are going through change. You may be discreetly transitioning a senior executive out of the company or growing yourself for increased productivity. Put Lassiter Consulting to work for you today. Visit LassiterConsulting.com. Pam Lassiter has written The New Job Security, 
which details the five best strategies for taking control of your career. It's a Wall Street Journal Award winner. Take control of your career by learning how to use target markets and their challenges to your advantage. The book will dramatically change your resume, your communications, and your financial results. You can find the book on Amazon, including Kindle, or by visiting LassiterConsulting.com. That's LassiterConsulting.com. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter. To reach the show, send an email with questions or comments to info at ceoacademywithpam.com. That's info at ceoacademywithpam.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back from break. We're here with Tom Wilson, CEO of the Wilson Group on CEO Academy. And we're covering a couple of last points on our fourth category, benefits. Before we start summarizing the ideas, strategies, and tactics you can walk away with today to grow yourself and your compensation. Tom, what benefits are executives versus all the other employees mm-hmm. in a company likely to see today? Okay. First of all, let me say that uh, anything you give to your executives, assume everybody's going to know about it. Yeah, and everybody's going to want to. <laughs> well, they may. They may. They Or, or worse, yeah. they will look at that and they will they will hurt your credibility. Ooh. The worst part Ooh. of it. So if an executive, you know, has their own planes and has their own apartment in Barbados oh, and <laughs> has their limo driver and all those kinds of things, and everybody else is slugging away, uh, it does not build much credibility for leadership. So <laughs> what we're seeing, and I think the tech industry has done a great job of, 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 of ripping out a lot of the sort of, you know, um, the, the fluff stuff that used to be for executives. So now, you know, it's a more basic level. So the issue becomes one of what's really necessary. And the two issues that I look at being necessary. One is um, uh, taking advantage of certain asset protections and certain um, uh, 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 I'll call it uh, economies that you can get by mm-hmm. purchasing, if you will. Of scale. Um, yeah. And take advantage of certain tax advantages. Uh, but mm-hmm. let's look at it this way. Um, there's a cap in the IRS for a 401k match. You know, every companies will do 401k matching. But over roughly this year is around $250,000. And that any amount of money that you, you can't put away dollars your 3% or 5%, wherever you put away, you can't put away a certain percentage. The cap is at $250,000. Mm-hmm. A lot of executive CEOs make more than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the matching that companies do can't exceed that amount of money. So it's really un- inherently unfair if you if a CEO is making, let's say, half a million dollars, uh, and therefore half of their compensation is not covered by a 401k plan type mm-hmm. of provisions, you can't, he can't do anything with that. So, so that's ultimately, if one thinks about it, that's really unfair because they live at that level, their lifestyles at that level. So companies will put together deferred compensation plans that mirror deferred, that. Deferred, deferred. So okay. deferred compensation is a big deal and has, and has been for a while and will be for a while. And deferred compensation provides basically money that is not paid in taxes. And so it's sort of on a pre-tax basis and serve to uh, protect assets and take advantage of certain um, you know, provisions in the tax laws and whatever. The other thing, another good example um, is uh, um, long-term care and disability, some of those insurance deals. Long-term care is important because that is a deductible expense. And, oh, and for the company for it the is? Company. It can okay. do, the company can deduct, so you pay whatever, the doc, you know, a couple thousand dollars, whatever, long-term care. And if a person needs it, if you're lucky enough to lead not long-term care, mm-hmm. it is amazing how much uh, additional income that will provide to an executive when they're 80, 85, or 90, or whatever it is that they may, may need it. And so it's a it, – and by the way, that income is not uh, taxable because it's like an insurance product. Okay. Disability, however, doesn't work that way. If the company buys your disability policy, your long-term disability, and you become disabled on – uh, if they're paying for it, then the income will be taxable. Okay. So, so knowing how to negotiate for that, it sounds like the long-term care 
is, 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 is a really important piece. I mean, once yeah. again, it depends on where you are time-wise and where they are philosophically. And the companies could go for that, too. What I typically coach mm-hmm. my executives to do is they can pick out two benefits, max, that mm-hmm. they want to negotiate. Right. And typically things with percentages are easier to negotiate. Right. will contribute X percent to yeah. health plan or whatever. But don't wear down your good grace that's <laughs> on right. this one. Save it for the long-term incentives. Save it for is long-term incentive. Oh, good. That, that right. works Absolutely for you, right. too. Absolutely right. Okay. This, is, this is economies. Okay. And that adds up over time, too. I want to wrap up on the mm-hmm. points we touched on today, because mm-hmm. we had four big mm-hmm. categories, mm-hmm. either any of which could have been a show unto itself. But just for walk-away points yep. for base salary, what's Okay. And main thoughts you sure. tell people to walk away with. Base salary should provide the right secured level of income so that somebody doesn't is not encouraged to do something stupid <laughs> in, in order to live the life they want to live. <laughs> the, including the CEO. Including the okay, CEO. Done. Absolutely. Okay. The CEO. Uh, and so, what, so balance. balance. Short-term incentive okay. is what you receive, obviously, on, on, a, on a short-term basis. Look beyond just the financial measures. Look for the things that really drive what this business is all about. So look for customer satisfaction, look employee engagement, Ooh, expand right. the your thinking about away from just financial metrics and look for ways to weight them in a mm-hmm. way that makes sense relative to their importance and their value to the business. So short term incentives need to go beyond the financials and looking at other aspects okay. of the business. That is really, that's a profound point and it sets you up for your next job. There will inevitably be another Absolutely. company, Absolutely. which is perfect. What about long term? Long term incentives, who are you? What your role in this company? Are you gone? Are you a son or daughter? Yeah. And and how important is that going to be for the long term? And that's where a lot of value really, really gets created, uh, and that you can earn. But you said there could be a major payday related to those plans if you're successful. So that's a really a very important element. It should be in almost every executive's package, if mm-hmm. not today. It's clearly within your sight. So that's why the company came to you and said, we got everything else. Help us think through the long-term incentives. Right. So both sides should exactly be doing right. that too. Benefits? It's um, It should reflect the values of the business. It should reflect what is fair, what is appropriate. So what, just be sure that you know that people are going to, when, when employees look at what the executive are getting, how do you, as a board or as a CEO, feel about that? About mm-hmm. the, and you want to be it's a it's a public scrutiny. It's the integrity. It's a lot of things that are valuable. At the same time, take advantage of some of the law, tax laws that are out there that make to help per, uh, what we call asset preservations mm-hmm. or help provide some discounting and some you know tax, favorable tax treatments. That is a great point because you want to. Uh, have it's what's left over that's important. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> not just what comes in, too. Exactly. It's not what you make, it's what you keep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, Tom, this was actually a fun discussion on compensation. I yeah, I would that love to. Thank you so much Thank for joining you, us. It was great to have you here to talk about what are you worth as CEO. I hope you, as listeners, got some ideas that you can put to work quickly as you go through your own planning for your performance goals and compensation discussions with your companies. Our guest today was Tom Wilson of the Wilson Group in Concord, Massachusetts. Make sure you find him on wilsongroup.com, Facebook, um, Wilson Group, Inc., LinkedIn as Tom Wilson, or Twitter as T. Wilson. Please check out my website, lassiterconsulting.com, and email me at info at CEO Academy with Pam, or connect with me on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. I'm your host, Pam Lassiter. You've just listened to the CEO Academy. And join us next week. We'll be talking about the CEO's role in cyber risk to your enterprise. See you then. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to join us for another edition of CEO Academy with Pam Lassiter next Wednesday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll see you here next week for more tips from the professionals as you grow your career and your company to the top. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the voice america business channel 
For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.